For those of you who don't know me, my name is Greg Moody, and I'm a deacon here at State Road. I started attending this church in 1982 when I was 21 years old at the invitation of my girlfriend, Elaine. She's over here now. We're going to get married this summer. <laughs> and I just love you. Anyway, we've been married 40 years next month. 40 years. Well, it's been a blessing, that's for sure. It's been uh, a lot. But we met at the University of Maine at Presque Isle Bible College. And that's, that's what it was called back then. And it's changed a little bit since that time. These days, 40 years later, there's something we like to do, and it's hike in the woods. Who likes to go out in the woods and just be, you know, in nature and see everything? And we enjoy doing that. And it's exercise, and we love to be out in nature. Uh, we love going to Nordic Heritage Center, particularly, and they just have some great trails out there. But, um, but we find ourselves often we're we're looking at the trail in front of us because we don't want to trip over roots and rocks. And so we just spend a lot of time looking at the ground. And we force ourselves, okay, we can't do that. We've got to look up. It's beautiful here. And we just love to be out there. But we find ourselves trying not to trip over uh, hazards. Elaine uh, fell one time. She slipped on a rock. And I had to carry her 15 miles out of the woods. <laughs> but I'd do that for her because I love her. We're trying not to trip, but... Um, in so doing, here's the point, by looking at the trail all the time, we miss out on the beauty around us. And we have to force ourselves to, to lift up our heads and to see uh, the trail and to see the beauty of the woods. I want to talk about our Christian walk this morning, this daily following after Jesus. If you are a believer this morning, then you have a, a Christian walk. Right? That's what we call it, and the scriptures call it that, too. However you live your life, it's part of our daily Christian experience. The problem is, like hiking in the woods, we may not be focusing in on the larger world around us. We may be too focused on the moment-by-moment -moment path directly in front of us, and this is true. We are in danger of missing out on the dangers but also the blessings around us. And we need to lift up our eyes. And God's word has a lot to say about how we need to live our lives. And it's very much like a walk. And that's the terminology Paul uses here in this uh, book to the Ephesians, this letter to the Ephesians. And uh, I don't know why, but we just love the book of Ephesians uh, because it's so practical. It's a handbook for us on how to live our Christian life. And that's what Paul was trying to do with the believers there in that church in Ephesus. Our foundational verse here is Ephesians 5, chapter 5, verses 1 through 21. If you have your Bibles today, and I hope you do, on your electronic device or in the old school paper fashion, we'll start at verse 1. I'm reading from the English Standard Version, so you might have a little, a little difference. 
Paul writes, therefore be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that is, an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore we do not associate with them, for at a time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try not to discern, and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed to the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully, then, how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with all your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. As new believers, I don't know if you have, there's new believers here or not, uh, I also celebrated 40 years as a believer this year. It's a big year for me, and uh, I'm just so grateful for 1983. And um, uh, many of you have been walking with the Lord for many years too, some longer than that for sure. But when you're a new believer, uh, you kind of ask yourself, now what? How am I supposed to live? Uh, what am I supposed to do? What should I not do? And Ephesians, like all the other letters in the New Testament, help us, guide us in this new relationship. And I just love Ephesians too, and we're gonna look at chapter four a little bit too. I mean, it's all through the book of Ephesians. It offers some very helpful and direct counsel for us. Have any of you ever been in a new job? Maybe you're in a new job now. And when you get there the first day, you don't know. You're just standing around a lot, right? And, and you're, just, you're just trying to stay out of the way. And, and over time, you get introduced to the processes and the protocols and, and all that that job requires. And this is true of our faith. We don't automatically know what it means to be a follower, a fully devoted follower of Christ. And I just think uh, this book of Ephesians helps us to do that. Okay, 
Verse one, therefore be imitators of God as beloved children. As you know, if you see a therefore in the scriptures, you have to ask yourself, what is therefore, therefore? And so he's just in chapter four telling us more about this new life. We could spend all day just on chapters four and five. Paul had just addressed this issue of the new life in Christ, and he juxtaposes the behaviors we must take on with those we must avoid. The first characteristic of our daily Christian walk ought to be fueled by love. This is in chapter five, verse two. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. We are to walk by faith, walk by the spirit, don't walk by sight, and to walk in love, not in frustration or anger or greed or lust. We walk in love because God is love. His motivation is love for mankind and love for truth. There's much we cannot control in our lives, but we can control our own behavior with the help of the Spirit. We can't control the weather or how other people act towards us, or how the culture would act and, and try to tell us how to act. We can, with the Spirit's help, control how we respond to our circumstances. Maybe in the past, before you were a believer, there's a time that I was not a believer and I, my motivation was not to honor God or to become more like Jesus. Uh, it was pursuit of pleasure or prosperity or happiness or a number of other things, but our motivation is to be like Jesus. We are followers of Jesus Christ. We take on his values and his priorities. We are to imitate him, as it says in verse one of chapter five. I want you to think about tomorrow morning. You get out of bed and get ready for the day. What do you do to prepare yourself to encounter the outside world? I pray that God would help me to love my job. And this is part of my uh, devotional time and my prayer time. Lord, help me to love my job. Help me to love uh, the mission of the Rustic Agency on Aging and the values of, help me to love my coworkers. Help me to love uh, the consumers and the caregivers and the older folks that I live with, or that I work for. Help me to love them. Our love for God is our primary motivation for loving others. Because we have made a commitment to love God and love what he loves, we avoid things like sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness. We don't engage in filthiness or foolish talk nor crude joking. I don't have to remind you what uh, Matthew 22 has to say, but I'm going to anyway. Let's go there to Matthew 22, if you have your Bibles with you. I think there's a few Bibles in the pews here, if you don't have one of your own today. And if you don't have a Bible, we'd love to give you one. Let me know, and we will get a Bible for you. Matthew 22, verse 34. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. 
teacher, which is the greatest commandment of the law? And he said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Why does God use the analogy of walking when referring to the Christian life? I think it's because we must daily choose to carry our cross, to walk by faith, not by sight, to walk by the Spirit. So love is our motivator, love for God and to love the things that he loves. And he wants us to walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. Second point I want to explore is this idea of focused intentionality in our love, in our walk with him. We love, we walk by love, and we walk intentionally. Intentionality is all over this letter. Verse 3, but sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not be named be among you and is proper among saints. Of course, the word saint here is the Greek word uh, that really we're set apart for him. We're part of his kingdom, we're his children, we're his people, we're devoted followers of Christ. So we are set apart to do that work and to follow him. And that's what that word saint means here. It's the Greek word hagios. As those set apart for God, we have been given our marching orders. Look at verse, or chapter 4, verse 17. Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in their futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learn Christ, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him, as the truth is in Jesus, to put off the old self, which belongs to your former way of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God and true righteousness and holiness. Another scripture for you. Go to Proverbs chapter 4. The author is writing as a as if a father speaking to his son or his sons. Verse 20. My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance. For from it flow the springs of life. Put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. 
Ponder the path of your feet. Then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. I worked for two years as a substance use counselor and um, I had many conversations with men and women whose lives were just shipwrecked by uh, substance abuse and addiction. They had lost everything in life. They'd lost their health, they'd lost their home, they lost their jobs, they lost their driver's license, they lost their children in many cases. They lost their children. And they were trying desperately to be back in a relationship with them and to get their life back on course because they had hopes and dreams just like the rest of us. But they could not stay on the path that was, would lead them to a productive and happy life because the chemicals had taken over their brains. I found that the ones most successful at sobriety and recovery had somehow found uh, the motivation, the support, the desire was strong enough for them to be committed to avoiding people and places that would be triggers for them to use again. They knew that if they were to reach their destination, they had to be very intentional about living a disciplined, sometimes very lonely life away from other people. And that was the biggest struggle for many of them as they had lost relationships, families so exhausted had had, had enough and so they lost support system and um, they were in debt perhaps or owed money to the state. There's so many different catastrophic consequences for this kind of difficulty, this sickness. And so um, the, those who were successful, and I, and I encountered them in my practice, were so committed they were able to leave people behind and they just avoided streets and people and homes and they kept their eyes fixed on their goals. They were very intentional. And there's something to be said for us about our intentionality about becoming more like Jesus. Ultimately, that's our goal, right? It's not just to get to heaven, but to become more like him and to be full-time, fully devoted followers and worshipers of Jesus Christ. And there will be times when we have to say goodbye to certain relationships. And for, to know the path ahead of us, we need to know the scriptures. And we need other people to speak into our lives to tell us, look, you're wandering here. I'm worried about you. And let's, let's keep going together. We need to keep moving forward. And he talks about uh, not associating with certain people. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. I'm getting ahead of myself. This leads us to our third and our last point this morning, we are to walk as children of light. 
We walk in love, we walk intentionally, and we walk as children of light. This is the terminology he uses here. Do not associate with them, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. Another word for light is illumination. And if we ask Jesus to to fill us, to take over our lives. He illuminates us. He helps us to understand the scriptures and he helps us to understand our sin and our need for a savior. And that illumination becomes vital to us. Otherwise, we can't change. And there are a lot of people walking around who have, haven't had that light uh, made known to them. So we are children, that can, children of light that can help them to see the light. When we accepted the truth around the saving gospel of Jesus Christ, we were responding to the light of truth, and we continue to live every day with that knowledge. Our lives must be built around that knowledge, and the letter to Ephesians is just one example of truth made available to us. Last scripture this morning, 1 John chapter 1. Why don't you go ahead and go there. Verse 5, this is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Walk in love, walk intention, intentionally and walk in the light of God's love and truth. The dark one and his darkness is all around us. Our world really is becoming darker all the time, further and further away from the ideal that God would have for us as people. And the, uh, the enemy, he will uh, be looking for opportunities to uh, cajole us and, and uh, move us and sweet talk us into walking into a different path which takes us out of the light into darkness. Don't do it. It takes commitment and diligence, and we need each other. We can't do it alone. We have traveling companions that travel this life with us. And if you have people like that in your life, you are blessed. Many do not, because they don't see the need, or there's just none available, or, or for a lot of different reasons but we need each other to travel together. Lift up your eyes and know your surroundings. Let's help each other reach the goal. As children of light, we can light up our homes and our workplaces, our neighborhoods and our communities. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of time because the days are evil. 
Look carefully. Take great care about how you live your Christian life. Be brave. Be daring. Be genuine. Be loving. Be kind. Be gracious. But be careful. Don't be foolish or reckless with your life. We've been given a great gift. God has given us life and purpose and time. Make the most of the time you have. Walk in love for God. Follow the example of Jesus. Think deeply about following Jesus and how it will look like today. I have a question for you as we close. Do you know what your PMS is? What's your personal mission statement? Do you know what that is? I mean, this church has a mission statement. My agency has one, and, and many organizations have to have a mission statement in order to know what to say yes to and what to say no to. And that out of that comes their values, what's important to, you, to them as an organization. If you work for an organization, very likely they have a mission statement or uh, key result areas or something that helps define the boundaries and the purpose of that work. Well, the same can be said for us. What is my personal mission? I don't know how many years I have left. As I approach my 50s, I'm thinking about the end of time, you know, and, and I think about that a lot. What will my life be like? How will I live? And these are, these are important questions, right? They, they helped us to know what we say yes to, what we say no to, and God will help us to do that. He has given us purpose, but then our particular gifts and our interests and our skills, he helps to define them and to use them to help us to know how we can honor him and be like Jesus. And we get to do this together. We get to do this with each other. So if you've never heard of a personal mission statement, I want you to Google that, okay? And then there, there are ways, questions, and guidelines as to how to do that. And I think it's worth our time to do that. And if you can share that with somebody, another believer, and you can help each other for the rest of this year, this is my goal. Would you help me to do this? I want to honor the Lord. And I need your help to hold me accountable. Give it some thought. I'm going to pray, and the worship team's going to come up. And... Uh, Thank you, and um, God bless you as you continue your, your mission today and tomorrow. Lord, thank you so much that we have, we can be a part of the church that you have designed, the local church, but also the, the, the huge church, the big church around the world and all through time. Lord, I know that you have given us our marching orders in the scriptures. You've given us time. It's your time. It's not our time. It's time that belongs to you, and we are stewards of it. 
God, I pray that you would help us to recognize your great love for us, that we'd be intentional about how we live our lives for as long as we have. And Lord, help us to be a blessing to our traveling companions and to help them as they follow you in their Christian walk. In Jesus' name, amen.